Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Tim Bradley is our guest. He's the executive director of the North Carolina State Firefighters Association. Tim, I understand for years you were a uh, uh, on the uh, the Mebbin Fire Department and uh, holding the position of chief for seven years. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how you became a, uh, interested in firefighting and, and what it's uh, meant to you as far as your career. Well, I actually, uh, uh, my mom, my mom told me that I used to draw pictures of fire in kindergarten. So I, I would say I probably had that interest uh, for years, but uh, I noticed when I went went to college right out of high school, uh, you know, there was I went to the Winget and they had a volunteer fire department. Some of the students were members, so when I came back after my first year in college, uh, I actually joined Mebbin as a volunteer in 1974, and I actually still run. Uh, as a volunteer assistant chief, uh, this is my 49th year, but I got in, I got involved initially, obviously like a lot of the young folks do, uh, because of the excitement of it. But after a while, uh, you maintain that involvement because of your, your desire to serve the local community. We've got, uh, you know, 67% of our state firefighters are still volunteer. And most of those are just simply, uh, individuals, um, uh, men and women who, uh, you know, want to help protect the community that they live in. Well, firefighting is, is interesting. I guess all of us at one time or another thought about riding on the the truck with the siren blasting away and all that sort of thing. That's sort of the glamorous part, but it's also a very dangerous thing and it requires training. Tell us how firefighters today are trained and certified. Uh, and if the fire, fire training is driven by a series of National Fire Protection Association standards. Their consensus standards that were developed uh, nationally or actually internationally. They're used all across the world. Uh, and then, you know, the states like North Carolina, which is actually one of the functions of the Office of State Fire Marshal, they have a fire and rescue commission. Uh, they develop certification requirements and training requirements for firefighters. Uh, so, for example, NFPA 1001 is a, is a standard for firefighter training. It consists of about 21 areas, uh, everything from fire behavior, uh, forcible entry, ladders, personal protective equipment, uh, all these all these things that a firefighter needs to know. And and you 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 migrate through those series of courses until you've completed all the necessary areas. Uh, you're tested on it and on those, and you receive certification. That's sort of the initial degree, I would say, uh, for a firefighter. Uh, and it's done in it's done in a couple of ways. If you went to a municipal department uh, like Charlotte, Raleigh, some of the larger ones uh, who have their own training facility, they have a training academy. Most of their firefighters come into the department as a as a as a member of probationary member of the academy. They go through probably five, 600 hours of training in fire and rescue. And then they're placed at a station or a house uh, to run calls. Volunteer uh, fire departments in many ways act a little different. If you join a volunteer fire department, you uh, they don't have the training facility to send these folks to a organized academy. So a lot of the training that's delivered at uh, volunteer departments is done through the local community colleges. They deliver to the same standard. They use the same instructors, the NFPA 1001 standard. They use the same course titles. 
uh, it's just done over a different in a different manner as as uh, on a training night or training Saturday. Then when you get into specialization courses, uh, instruct uh, instructors again go out to the community college. The, the career departments in many cases use their academy uh, to teach specialized courses like hazardous materials, vehicle extrication, uh, and lo local local volunteer departments in many cases use community college to come out and deliver those courses at the station themselves. The fire service is sort of an interesting. Uh, and it's interesting and unique. You want you you know you you find such a variety of fire departments across the state. Uh, as I said, a lot of them are volunteer, a lot of them are career, a lot of them are a combination of career and volunteer. But uh, I've always I've always said that fire protection is sort of a local issue. Uh, fire departments sort of adapt to the community, or the community adapts to the fire department. Uh, if you go to Wilmington Fire Department, for example, uh, their their firefighters, uh, Wilmington and Moorhead, their firefighters are going to have to have some shipboard training because they have to cover a port. If you go to Raleigh, Greensboro, Charlotte, uh, some of their firefighters have crashed, uh, aircraft crash and rescue training because they have airports. Uh, your rural departments uh, deal primarily with structure fires, wildland fires, uh, agricultural incidents. Uh, and that's what they train for. So training is often, uh, you know, adapted to the needs of the area. Those departments like Mebbin that have a rail service or an interstate highway going through, uh, you deal in, you deal with training with railroad incidents or, and you train more heavily on auto, high-speed automobile accidents. So uh, the training, not only does the department sort of adapt to the needs of the community and equipment, but so does the training. Uh, Charlotte, Mebbin, uh, Raleigh, we have fire hydrants. We have a structured water system. You get out in rural North Carolina, they don't have fire hydrants, so they carry the water with them in tankers. Uh, but the need's the same. If you fight a, if you fight a, a two-story house, your water flow may, requirements may be 250 gallons a minute. Uh, where in a city, you hook to a hydrant, and that's where you get that 250 gallons a minute. In the rural area, you have a system of water tankers, uh, tanker task force, where you call assistance from other departments. They drop the water into a tank. The, in, the engine fighting fire drop drafts the water out, uh, which is called a mobile water supply. Same, same firefighting techniques, different way to get the water. So if I was in a city fire department, I'd train very rarely on uh, tankers and drafting water out of the tank. If I was in the rural area, I train harder on drafting water out of a tank and setting up that drop tank and wouldn't deal as much in hitting a hydrant with a large diameter hose. So the training, uh, the training sort of adapts to the fire department, uh, just as the fire department is adapted to the area. Uh, and there's a, there's a host of NFPA standards. There's NFPA 1006, which is a rescue technician standard. Many fire departments do uh, automobile rescue, rope rescue, uh, there's a hazmat standard. There's a driver standard for a driver operator that drive and pump the trucks. There, that's separated in the engines and aerials. So the training, the training for uh, the fire service is very uh, uh, extensive, and it's something you have to do continuously, uh, regardless of whether you're training for that rural fire where you're drafting water, or a, you know, 16-story fire in uh, Charlotte where you may have 
a need for more high-rise training. Is staffing a problem these days? Are there still people, uh, plenty of volunteers for those volunteer fire departments? And what about the uh, uh, number of folks who are interested in becoming career firefighters? Well, nationally and in North Carolina, uh, it's getting harder and harder to recruit volunteer firefighters. Uh, And there's a couple reasons for that. A lot of people work outside their community. A lot of people are having to work multiple jobs uh, to support their families, and it's much more difficult to volunteer. So uh, while some departments are very fortunate to have an adequate supply of people in their community interested in volunteering, while uh, recruiting and retain, retaining or what we call uh, recruitment and retention are key issues in the fire volunteer fire service today. Actually, career fire departments are, are it's, it's, there's not much difference. One of the benefits uh, that career departments enjoy are the volunteer fire department provides an excellent pool of employees. A lot of young, uh, a lot of young men and women join the volunteer fire department and train and get their credentials. And then they go to work for a career department later. And, and so the volunteers sort of been a pool, volunteer department sort of been a pool for career. But career fire departments across the state are facing manpower shortages and recruitment uh, difficulties. Uh, I, I, th- I saw an article in the paper a couple of weeks ago where Raleigh uh, Fire Department itself was, was down about 28% in manpower. Uh, they were running recruit classes, but... Uh, uh, those areas of service, uh, you know, the jobs areas of service uh, may not be as attractive to young people today. So uh, organizations like the National Volunteer Fire Council, uh, the International Association of Firefighters, International Association of Fire Chiefs, all have uh, programs for recruitment and retention. Uh, the National Volunteer Fire Council have, of course, which we have on our webpage, uh, do you want to be a firefighter or so you want to be a firefighter? Uh, that, that, that assists uh, people who may want to join but in their community but don't know how. Uh, the North Carolina Association of Fire Chiefs actually has a grant um, through FEMA uh, and the International Association of Fire Chiefs for, on recruitment and retention, retention of volunteer firefighters. So it, it has been an issue, and it is an issue. Uh, it probably is, is uh, regional, uh, and you may find one area that fire Department says they don't have any trouble at all recruiting members. Uh, you may have others that are really struggling to maintain the minimum number of people for the for a fire department. I'm going to change the subject and talk about the volunteer fire departments because when I grew up in Gaston County, uh, communities actually grew around volunteer fire departments. Uh, I, I think of the Tryon area uh, in Gaston County. Uh, it was uh, the volunteer fire department was more than just fire protection. It was the community activity center in a way. Do we still have a lot of that going on? I, I absolutely. I, I, I tell people and, and, and uh, uh, tell them often, you know, the volunteer fire department, in many cases, the hub of the community, uh, the careers the same. Uh, you know, even, even departments, uh, career departments had multiple stations. Uh, that's an area where mothers can go get their car seats checked or kids go to visit the fire station. Uh, elections are held there uh, or their voting precincts. Uh, in the rural communities, it's, it's the same. A lot of fire, a lot of volunteer fire departments are, are actually set up at community centers. I spoke at a rural fire department's 
uh, Christmas banquet last Friday night. Uh, and and, and uh, next door to the fire department is the city is the uh, area community center. So yes, uh, uh, I, I would still continue to maintain that uh, volunteer fire departments particularly are the hub of local communities in rural areas. Well, that, there's a long tradition of that, and it was uh, at least very important then, and I'm glad to know it's still uh, a factor, especially since so many areas in North Carolina are isolated. We think of North Carolina because we have the major cities of the Piedmont Crescent, Charlotte, Greensboro, and Raleigh, and Asheville, and Greenville, and so forth, but the uh, makeup of the population uh, in many, many counties is almost totally rural, and so it is important. Um uh, any other comments along the line of uh, volunteer fire departments before we finish up this segment? Well, uh, you know, we we started this, we started off to, today with the talking about our, our association. Our association is actually broken into three groups: uh, a regional, Piedmont, of uh, Western Piedmont and Eastern. And just looking at the uh, at, at the difference between the Piedmont and the East, uh, there's a, a alarmingly more number of volunteers in the east than there are in the piedmont there's fewer career firefighters in the east than there are in piedmont so that that uh that variety of fire departments across state uh is unique in a number of ways our board members are actually elected from these regions uh to serve on our board we have a nine-member board so you're right uh, uh the the variety of the fire departments across the state have much to do with the variety of the community whether it's rural, agricultural, suburban, or or uh, municipal. Uh, we have one more segment with our guest, Tim Bradley, who's the executive director of the North Carolina State Firefighters, and we're going to talk about their role as advocates for firefighters and also where their funding comes from and their funding needs. Uh, equipment is very expensive. Manpower is very expensive. And we'll do that when we return with the final segment of Carolina Newsmakers. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing? Or your daughter's first birthday party? You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince's. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. <laughs> Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. 
Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Tim Bradley is our guest. He's the executive director of the North Carolina State Firefighters Association. We've talked about tips on how to prevent fires. We've talked about uh, the difference between the volunteer, the career fire departments, and the combination. We've talked about a lot of things. Very interesting program. In this segment, we want to talk about funding, where the money comes to pay for volunteer uh, uh, firefighters, uh, the equipment, because it's expensive, and uh, also the staffing needs and other uh, funding requirements. Uh, and we also want to talk about legislation that uh, your association might be advocating with the North Carolina General Assembly on behalf of the firefighters. Let's start with funding. Uh, of course, there's a difference between, again, the uh, career fire departments and the volunteer fire departments, but the equipment Somebody's got to pay for it, the buildings and all that sort of thing. How, how does that happen? Well, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Again, uh, as I said in an earlier segment, the, the volunteer fire department sort of, sort of aligns itself with the community. Municipal departments are obviously funded by the municipal tax base. Uh, but by and large, the rural departments in North Carolina uh, have different funding mechanisms. A uh, uh, little over a 1,000 of these uh, departments across state have what's, what, what are known as tax districts. Uh, there's two types of tax districts. One uh, is a tax district that's voted in by the people. Uh, the fire department goes in, they get 35% of the, the population's signature in their fire district, and they have a county referendum and they vote, or a local referendum and voted in. That's called a fire tax district. Uh, that's one way that they're funded. The other way is fire service districts, uh, tax districts. These are districts that can be established by the county commissioners, much like uh, water districts, sewer districts, recreation districts. Uh, they're, they're a little bit different, but the way these work, they're pretty much the same. Uh, residents pay anywhere from one to 15 cents per hundred dollar property value in, in a fire tax. And this, this goes other than 4% that the county can retain for collection. Collection. This goes to the volunteer departments. That sounds like a windfall uh, to some people, but really, really, it's not. Uh, you you get in some of the uh, uh, suburban counties like Wake County, uh, Guilford County. Uh, your tax, the tax rate or tax these tax districts can bring in a fair amount of money because you have a, a heavy tax base. You go out in the middle of some of the rural counties where your tax base is by and large residential farming communities, farmland, uh, that still doesn't, it still doesn't bring in enough money uh, for the fire department to, uh, to operate. So they do fundraisers anywhere from chicken, chicken dinners to fish fries, tractor pulls, which they don't do as much as they used to, but that used to be pretty popular. Uh, any variety of ways to raise funds to supplement that, fire tax to the district or local fire tax uh it's a uh uh it's a constant need to, to do the when i joined when i joined the, when i was fire chief the last engine uh we bought when i was fire chief was one hundred twenty thousand dollars, and that was that was that had gone up from like thirty thousand dollars 10 years earlier for for an engine uh because we went to totally enclosed cabs now whether you're a career department or a volunteer department or a mixed combination department, you look, you're looking at a new fire engine that meets the, uh, 
uh, NFPA requirements of anywhere from four hundred and fifty to nine hundred thousand dollars for one truck, one fire engine. You come to our show. One of the things one of the things we do each year is we have this huge conference in Raleigh, and we have a vendor show. If you come to that show, you can see ladder trucks for 1.4, 1.7 million uh, engines. Even a volunteer rural department uh, purchasing an engine may be looking at $550,000. That's a lot of chicken plates. Uh, <laughs> there, are some, yeah, there are some grants. The federal, the federal uh, FEMA offers a grant called a, um, a Fire Act grant, uh, which is very hard to get because it's competitive across the, uh, the United States. Uh, the actually the Department of Insurance has, which was uh, this this grant was started when I was there with the Department uh, of State Fire Marshal uh, for fire departments that have less than six career people. Uh, they're eligible for the Volunteer Fire Department grant through the Department of Insurance. Uh, they can get, I think, it's uh, fifty thousand dollar grants. It was at one time thirty uh, to for to assist with equipment. Uh, it's it's also we talked about fire trucks, but it's also and uh, now, you know, it costs about $2,000, uh, anywhere from $1,500 to $3,000 just to outfit a firefighter. Fire helmets are uh, $300, dollars $500, $500 now. When, when, I, when I was fire chief back in the 70s, uh, 80s, they were, they were $60, $90. But it's just really uh, amazing to call. So it's a constant battle to find funding to fund these departments. So how long uh, is the useful life of a fire truck that costs somewhere between four hundred fifty dollars and $900,000? How many years of service will that truck give? It really depends on the fire department use. In some of your cities, they may get eight to 10 years. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen some rural fire departments that still have uh, 1970s trucks uh, in operation. Uh, so it really depends on how much they're used. Uh, the insurance services office, that used to be involved, ISO used to be involved in rating uh, fire departments, often placed 20 years as the life of a truck. But I would say your career departments aren't getting 20, the ones that have a lot of runs, and your volunteer departments probably get more than uh, 20 years out of a service. But it uh, takes a long time selling chicken plates to, to buy a truck, even if it's going to last 20 years. Now, one of the main purposes of the North Carolina State Firefighters Association is to advocate on behalf of the firefighters. Uh, and uh, so what are some of the things that uh, you have been successful in the last couple of years in getting the General Assembly to do? And what are some of the things on your wish list? Well, we've, we've uh, uh, the, the association, you know, one of the things we want to make sure of is the, the firefighters are protected uh, now and of course, one of the things we want to guard against is that their family is taken care of if if there's a line of duty death. So one of the things we've been very successful in is acquiring benefits for a line of duty death. Our association has a a hundred thousand dollar line of duty death benefit policy, as does the state. In North Carolina, uh, heart attacks are included in line of duty deaths, also as well as uh, six types of cancer that are very that are prevalent in the fire service. Uh, each of those uh, create a situation where the family is eligible for line of duty death. It's also a public safety officer's benefit at the federal level. It, it pays about four $400,000 for line of duty death, but it doesn't um, cover cancer. So take, getting those benefits for to take care of families in the, in the 
light of a, uh, a line of duty deaths has always been important. We've been very successful. But in the last four years, uh, we've also been successful in, in getting a cancer insurance policy for uh, firefighters who uh, acquire cancer. If, if, uh, if you look at the statistics of prostate cancer, for example, the uh, uh, a firefighter is 180 times more likely to develop prostate cancer than an average man. Uh, cervical cancer, uh, esophageal mesothelioma, a testicular, all these cancers are prevalent. We used to look at cancer as being an issue of lungs because of smoke. But now what, what over the last decade, what they found is uh, the particulates of, of combustion that firefighters deal with, you used to call it smut, uh, that get on their neck are carcinogens and they get into their lymph nodes. And so cancer in the fire service is prevalent. Overall, you're about two, two point, uh, two, 200 times more likely to develop cancer uh, than the average individual simply by being in fire service. So we've been successful in uh, uh, getting, uh, getting that cancer program. And well, probably one of the other things we've been successful is maintaining a fire and rescue workers pension program. If you serve uh, 20 years on the fire department uh, at age 55, uh, you can draw $170 a month uh, for life. Uh, and that, that's after you've paid into it for 20 years and had 20 years of service. That's career and volunteer. So we've managed to keep that funding as funded as well. There are a lot of other, uh, things we deal with as far as trying to get the roadway access for fire stations. Uh, but the benefits, the looking at the benefits is, is one of our key areas. Uh, you know, I want to mention this because we've had some programs on with the American Red Cross, but you work uh, extensively with uh, other emergency services and including the American Red Cross, especially with residential fires. Yeah, the Red, the Red, Red Cross is on most fire chief's call list. If we have a, if we have a residential fire where uh, the family is displaced, we, in many communities we can call the Red Cross and they'll put the family up until their insurance can come in and take over and provide for living uh, provisions. The other thing I wanted to mention is how important it is that uh, the fire department's ratings go up because that affects the cost of homeowners insurance. And you've been working with the state fire marshal to uh, raise these standards, and that actually saves people money. Yeah, the, the, the ISO, or what they call the fire suppression grade of a fire department, 1 to 10, the lower that rating is, uh, all the way down to 1, the lower your homeowner's insurance. And that, that also is for commercial and business as well. Uh, so a lot of times those tax bases and providing equipment to your local volunteer fire department actually saves you money in the long run. I, I have seen fire districts where it drops, when they drop from a rural rating of nine to a rating three, uh, the insurance savings for some homes almost equaled what they were paying in fire tax. So yeah, the, the, the training and equipment equipping of fire departments to, Improve that ISO rating is critical to get those insurance rates low. You've got about uh, 45 seconds to tell me what's at the top of your list right now. As you uh, look at the beginning of the new year, what are the things and activities that you will be working on as uh, executive director of the State Firefighters Association? Well, uh, legislatively uh, lobbying for uh, uh, the use of better signaling on the interstate uh, for our apparatus. We're seeing a lot of apparatus hit. Uh, continuing to improve and 
and uh, uh, improve benefits. Uh, some with our career firefighters uh, try try to get the, try to parallel them with some of the police officer benefits uh, and getting cancer the cancer insurance program permanently funded. We have it funded now on a year to year basis, but uh, we'd like to get a permanent funding source so we know that cancer insurance is funded in well into the future and probably. Last but not least, on the cancers, try to get our retirees on the list. Uh, those uh, those fire, firefighters retiring are uh, as subjective to cancer as anybody. Tim, thank you so much for sharing all this information with us. Tim Bradley, the executive director of the North Carolina State Firefighters Association. Been a very interesting program. If you joined us late and you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast, or hear it for the first time, you can go on to carolinanewsmakers.com and hear the entire broadcast. If you happen to be listening to a station that carries the 30-minute version, the two other segments are also available. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and we'll be back next week with another guest on Carolina Newsmakers. Have a good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.